Stevenson to the outside. They score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Media day ahead of the Stanley Cup final takes place tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena. The Vegas Golden Knights will go in front of the masses at just afternoon, and we will be there gathering all the sound and the reaction, the anticipation ahead of game number one on Saturday afternoon. We'll bring you uh, wall-to-wall uh, Vegas Golden Knight content uh, tomorrow when it comes to the players themselves, and we'll probably throw in a couple of, of Florida Panthers just to give you an idea of what to expect. Uh, would love to talk to Matthew Kachuk and maybe Paul Maurice as well, but uh, our focus will be heavily on the Vegas Golden Knights as game number one is right around the corner. Uh, Eric Tosi, a chief marketing officer, is standing by, and we'll also get into one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League and Bruce Cassidy straight ahead. Darren Millard in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and Ryan Wallace out at oil. Yeah, hanging out at the Underground Lounge. You know the deal. We are here every single week. It's a fantastic spot. Always free parking. You got $1 blackjack tables. The only casino on the strip that's doing that. Pool season is officially upon us, so there's great food and drink specials out there. And North America's largest Hooters. Yeah, that's right. It's right here inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We have to get into our Con Smythe conversation at some point this hour. Yep. John, I thought, John Shannon, if you missed him in the last hour, listen to the podcast, uh, explained it and uh, really evaluated it very well, that it's wide open from a Golden Knights perspective. We've talked about depth at an extreme pace, and that's reflected in the number of different people that could claim playoff MVP with a good series. It is wide open for the Golden Knights. There's no shortage, I would argue, of of candidates. And as you mentioned with John Shannon just just a little bit ago, there are three to four names that I think you can make a legitimate case for, and you can see the path for all four of those guys. He mentioned Jonathan Marsh, so William Carlson, Jack Eichel, and Aiden Hill. And I think that there's an argument to be made, and I'm sure at some point I'll make it for all four of those guys. I would love it if it was a a three-way tie. And it was the the misfit line. Okay, that would be. I mean, perb. There's never be, been a tie. It'd be poetic for yeah. sure. And uh, that would be unique uh, for the the Stanley Cup playoffs. There has been times when a player from the losing side has won it. I don't think that happens on this occasion. Uh, even if somebody like Matthew Kachuk keeps it going. Uh, just because there's there's so many options in the Jack Eichel story or the Mark Stone storyline uh, is is captivating, and then you've got uh, some of the uh, emotional ties with uh, with Jonathan Marchessault or uh, a William Carlson. It's a series that we're very much looking forward to, in the sense of a Stanley Cup final and Vegas getting back to the championship series. But there's also the event itself, and it is. A truly large event uh, from a national level. And to expand on what you're going to experience uh, from a Vegas Golden Knights point of view, here's the uh, Chief Marketing Officer with the Vegas Golden Knights, Eric Tosi, uh, who joins us now in the VGK Insider Show. Uh, h- how busy are you right now? 
Darren, first of all, long-time listener, first-time caller. It's a privilege to be on with you guys today. Love the show. Love pregame, love postgame. You guys do an amazing job. So it's uh, really special to be on with you guys today talking about Stanley Cup Final. Do you do you happen to uh, so it's Eric from Summerlin? Do you know Bruce from Summerlin, who's been on a couple of times? <laughs> I do, I do. I'm familiar with him. Yeah, he's a pretty good guy. He's a great guy. Great insight too. D- d- never like you. You've been around a lot of coaches uh, in your different roles with with teams. Have you ever heard a coach so openly talk about every aspect of the game? Yeah, it's refreshing, and he does it in such a way that's easy to digest. Whether you're an expert of the game or new to the game, he really articulates in a way that is just so easy to comprehend and you and, and you walk away just feeling smarter after after hearing his press conferences mm-hmm. and comments about the game about players um, and just kind of where the team is standing overall so I would agree with that you know I've had the, the you know been fortunate to work with a lot of terrific coaches over you know the course of my career but um, his analysis is, is really unique and, and really impactful so you've been through a Stanley Cup uh, a few different times. How many? Uh, you came from Boston. Uh, you, you won one. How many times did you go to the final with the Bruins? Uh, two with the Bruins, one in 11, which uh, the Bruins won, and then one in 13 when they lost to the Blackhawks in six. So this will be the, this will be the fourth trip for me personally. What's, what's this like for you now in the, in the, on the marketing wing? Yeah, so that, going back to your earlier question, Darren, sorry for, for dodging that. I love it, it, dodging it's, it's, it. That's an exciting time. Um, you know, this city... And the support that, that the team receives from the community, from our fans, from our partners, it just really leaves all options on the table. And no idea is too big. No idea is too out there. And, and that's because of our city, right? So it really is a, a privilege to be in this spot and, and, and being a part of the ideation and brainstorms for some of these really big ideas that we're excited to bring to life here starting on Saturday. Does it feel different than 2018? It does. It does. And I think you've, you've seen that, too, from even just the actions and, and comments from the players. You know, I thought the, the way that the team handled the, the Western Conference win in Dallas was very telling in, in terms of how different this approach was and, and just even hearing the comments of the guys afterwards. It just does seem more business-like this time when, you know, in that first year, it was such a magical season and, and nobody had predicted that team to make it as far as they did. And not that it was a happy-to-be-here mentality, but because the team certainly deserved to be there with the success they had in the first year and, and throughout the playoffs. But... It definitely is different. You can sense that in the, in the locker room as well, Darren. And I know you guys have talked about that also. Eric Tosi is with us, Chief Marketing Officer with the Vegas Golden Knights, planning uh, and uh, looking forward to this party that is the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, chatting with us in the VGK Insider Show, Ryan. You know, you, you kind of mentioned that it's it's maybe different from a player perspective, but, I, I mean, you're, you have your finger on the pulse of, of the fans here. You have your finger on the pulse of, of what the, the response has been so far from a fan perspective. Do you think it feels different from, from that angle? I do, I do. You know, I think there's, there's an expectation here, both from an entertainment standpoint, but also from a performance standpoint. And, um, you know, the fact that the team has gone to four Western Conference finals or semifinals the, with the COVID year in six years is an amazing accomplishment, and two finals in, in six years is an amazing accomplishment. So I think it is different, um, you know, and that expectation is high. And I think getting to this point, you... You know, you, you want so bad and to, you know, for the, for the team and, and to kind of finish the job here. But the support has been the same. I mean, even looking at practice today, yeah. seeing a full house again for, for practices. And we kind of take that for granted here. Uh, you know, I think for a little bit, just, just and you, you see the response and, you know, on Twitter and even just 
some of the national media that are in town when they say, wow, this is, a, this is just a practice day, the first practice, you have this type of turnout. Uh, but that's what our, our city and our, and our fan base has been all about since day one. So, um, you know, the, the, the response from the fan base has definitely been the same, Ryan. But like you said, I think the expectations are, are, are always going to be high with this fan base in this city. Eric Tosi okay chatting with, with us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you look at uh, that reaction today at City National Arena, there was a question to Bruce uh, today saying, uh, like, you're two days before the Stanley Cup final, uh, and the crowd, uh, it was full uh, for practice. Uh, that's a little unusual. Uh, are you okay with opening up? And Bruce is like, well, it's like that every day here. We love it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Maybe not that full, but it was, it was awesome. No questions uh, about it. Uh, Toshiba Plaza is going to be rocking. We know that uh, Sunday, uh, the, the practice day between the, the games, is going to be hopping over at uh, City National Arena. What are you and your uh, great group working on? Yeah, so just, just for insight for the fans and the listeners out there, so with the Stanley Cup final, the NHL comes in and helps amplify all of our efforts, right? So a lot of the planning for what's happening on the plaza is being led and, and, and collaborated with uh, between our team and uh, and the NHL. So you just have that much more oomph behind everything that we're trying to do. Um, can't share all the details. We do have a, a pretty exciting concert act that's going to be playing on Toshiba Plaza on Saturday before the game. So we always encourage fans to get down there early to, to avoid the traffic. But um, even if you don't have a ticket to the game, you're going to want to get down there for this show that should start um, just a couple hours before puck drop. Um, we have, you know, our, our skywriting exhibition that we did that was that was very popular during the Edmonton, um, during the uh, excuse me during the Dallas series is is uh, is going to be coming back for game one. Um, all the activations on the plaza will return. So, like we said, even if you're not coming to the game, especially for this one on Saturday. You're not going to want to miss it. Get down there early and and watch parties uh, have been fantastic, growing momentum throughout too. Yeah, the watch parties, too. I mean, you saw how many times ESPN cut to stadium yeah. for him uh, during game six, and that's just it's such a Vegas vibe there with just the, you know, the pools and how many other cities can actually have a watch party you know, with that type of environment, that type of excitement um, you know, in, in, in that setting. It's just so unique and so special to our city. So all the watch parties have been great, whether it's been at downtown Summerlin, uh, Mandalay Bay Beach, despite the result, was, uh, was an amazing time, the Dollar Loan Center. Um, and we have some exciting ones lined up here. We have one new venue um, we should be announcing here shortly that we, we think fans are going to want to turn out to, and then um, we will be back at Stadium Swim for Game 3. Um, we are 3-0 and at Stadium Swim, so we like, uh, <laughs> we like the juju leading off there for, uh, for what will be Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. I love it when the announcers uh, mention the, the watch party at Stadium Swim, and there's this longing in their voice. And they all say, we've been there, we've been there, and, and they, they want to go back. There's, there's envy there from, from announcers who are calling Stanley Cup playoff games. Yeah, even as a, as a fan, and, and, and no disrespect to some of the other you know amazing crowds that we've seen up in up in Toronto or even Winnipeg, but it's just it's so unique, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's what makes our our city so special, and what makes hockey here so special and so fun to be a part of is that you can activate in a setting like that where no other NHL club has that ability to, and and you get the response, you get the support from the fans, you get the turnout, um, and then to be able to showcase that on national TV. And the only game that was on that night is, uh, you know, just speaks volumes to what it's like to be a Vegas Golden Knight fan and what makes it so special. Eric Tosi chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. He's the Chief Marketing Officer for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
so there, there doesn't need to be too much pushing for a fan, I think, in, in the Stanley Cup final to come out to a watch party. But, you know, outside of the awesome locations, outside of the fact that you get to watch the games among fans, what are some of the other things, whether it be a stadium swim or, or another venue, uh, that, that fans can really take advantage of in, in that watch party and enjoying that process? Yeah, I mean, we're giving away tickets. We're giving away, giving away tickets to our next playoff home game. So the winners at Game 6 in, at Stadium Swim are, got two tickets to Game 1 of the Cup Final. And we're going to do that again for, you know, for watch parties 3 and, and, and 4, assuming that there's going to be a, you know, a Game 5 or 7. So I think that in and of itself is, uh, is a great incentive for you to turn out. We're also giving away game-used merchandise, uh, game-used, game-worn gear from the players. We had a William Carey helmet. That was given out in Game 6. We've given out a Jack Eichel game you stick. So um, in addition to free giveaways just you get for showing up, you don't have to win a contest for that. But, but certainly the, the home playoff game tickets is, uh, is incentive in and of itself because those are, those are major games that you're going to be able to go to with, uh, with a chance to win just by showing up to one of the watch parties. Hey, can't let you go without mentioning the, the awesome uh, apparel that's available, Stanley Cup merchandise uh, in the in arsenal uh, and all the uh, the shops uh, in and around the Vegas Golden Knights uh, sphere. Uh, I love that VGK and with the glasses, that the, the, the hair and the glasses shirt. Uh, that, that's been awesomely received. Yeah, we've actually had to reorder that one four times because uh, <laughs> of the popularity. So um, that's definitely been the top seller. We have another uh, "It Hurts to Win" concept that yes. we should be debuting here too. That uh, is off. You know, you see the players wear that tee. This is kind of our our creative and our design team take on 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 that concept. So, in addition, just to kind of the standard Western Conference champion gear, we do love those unique items that kind of come from the locker room, right? Like that. The tea that you're referencing there, just with the with the wig and the glasses. I mean, that that comes from the locker room, and so that's why we knew that one was going to be popular. And just having the VGK kind of hidden in the hair was a was a nice touch. And huge credit to our creative team, Darren. You know those guys and, and gals well. Um, and and like I said, we had to reorder that that one four times. So <laughs> definitely, if you if you're interested or you like seeing that one, be sure to to come down and get it again. It's like tickets. They may be sold out right now, but it's going to be restocked. You go back and you check it again. We had Todd Pollock on uh, in our number one uh, about that. Uh, enjoy this run. You're, an, uh, you're a veteran of this Stanley Cup final thing by now, but uh, I'm sure it never gets old. It doesn't, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's so special getting to this point, and if you're playing hockey in June, you know that you've had an amazing year, and now let's hopefully finish the job. Well, that's, that's cool because I have a men's league game tonight, and it's June. Can I count that as, as I've done an amazing job? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Toast. That's, that's, that's great. I love the affirmation of that. Uh, be good, buddy. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow on uh, Media Day as you and your team uh, crank it up for the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate all you do. Awesome stuff. There's the Chief Marketing Officer, Eric Tosi from the Vegas Golden Knights as they amplify their efforts going into Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. Did you see the skywriting when they the, the Dallas series? Yep, yep, I did. So I did. that was that was different. When when I grew up, it was like a, a crop sprayer going up there <laughs> and doing the dipsy doodles for sure. for skywriting. Yeah. What they did there, and I was wondering because we, we we had a meeting about the skywriting, and they said there was ten messages that were going to be put up. I'm like, well, that guy's going to have to refuel four or five times to get that up to get ten messages uh, going. Sure. And and then I saw it happen, and there's like five six jets up there doing it. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like an art form, and it's 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 come a long way since you know like 1920. So oh. 1920, I know. <laughs> well, Orville, Orville wouldn't do it. Exactly. He refused. Yep. Uh, to go up there, and that put us behind the eight ball over at Kitty Hawk, and uh, and and Kitty Hawk was perfect place for sky riding. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, uh, the yeah. the wind conditions uh, were were awesome. Um, Con Smythe, yeah. I want I want your top three, but if you want to expand it beyond the three, you can. Um, okay, so I I like William Carlson as as my one A. In this situation, I just do. I, I think that, you know, everything that he's done, I, I feel like from a consistency standpoint, he's been the most consistent forward for the Golden Knights. Uh, the, the work that he did on Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, the work that he was able to do on, on Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson over the course of the series against Dallas, I just think that he's been the guy for this Golden Knights team. Now, from there, you can talk to me about either Jack Eichel or Jonathan Marchessault as like a 1B situation for both of those players. I think both guys have been catalysts for this Golden Knights team. You can't really say too much more about Jack and the the work that he's put in throughout the entirety of the season and now the entirety of the postseason. Um, And I just think that Jack is primed to break out and have a monster, monster series. So I I think that that's going to be a name that probably shoots up uh, in terms of our ranking. And then I think Aiden Hill belongs in the conversation. I would have him a little bit more on the outside just because I think that you're going to have to outduel Sergei Bobrovsky to really get there. But I, I think that those four names, you're talking about William Carlson as, as my front runner at the moment, and then you got Jonathan Marshall, so Jack Eichel, and Aiden Hill. Chapman. I can't really add anything. I mean, those those would be the guys I, I would throw in there. I think Carlson is my favorite um, just based on the defensive num- work he's done. I think the fact that he's he, he scored 14 goals in the regular season, 82 games. He's got 10 goals in 17 games here. Uh, his shooting percentage is off the charts. I think he's been their most consistent. I think he's been their best player from rounds one until this point. I think Jonathan Marcheseau from the second round on has been their best scorer. Uh, Jack Eichel, I mean, look, he, he's he's lived up to everything that we were told when he was coming here, of how great of a player he was. He's really shining, despite what some promos that play during our commercials may say. Uh, he's shined. Aiden Hill's been really good. Boy, did you throw your buddy under the yeah, bus. Yeah, well, he, he knows I throw him under the bus. So, um, boy, oh boy. I, I texted him during the break. I was like, dude, you got to pull that thing. And uh, the, the the other guy that, that I don't think he, he'd get enough love, but I think Alex Petrangelo has been really really under the radar good for the Golden Knights. I think about the Winnipeg series, that second game, they weren't, quote, emotionally engaged. It was Petrangelo who kind of revved it up a little bit and said, hey, guys, wake up. And I think he's been pretty good. I mean, his offensive numbers have been pretty solid. He's only got the one goal, but I don't care about that. I think everything else he's done has been good. All right. Who, so who do you have in there? I lost track because you, you started well, I got everyone on. Ryan did, and I and I added Alex Petrangelo. So Carlson, Marcheseau. Eichel, Eichel, Hill, Hill, and then I threw Petrangelo in there just because right. I, I I had to add someone else, and I think he's been good. All right, um, I don't have Petrangelo. I don't have Hill uh, in, in the running. Hill would have to do something out of this world to to get in there. That's and I I've been honest about that 
with goaltending and the Vegas Golden Knights all series, all playoffs uh, when it came. I just didn't think they were going to be enough of a factor. He's been great. But Conn Smythe, uh, I'm not going to uh, move off my stance on that. But uh, from, from one to five, the favorite is Jack Eichel and his playoff. He's going to get votes because it's Jack Eichel in his first playoffs. Uh, and that's uh, been impressive. And he's also leading the team in points. Number two would be William Carlson for reasons that have already been stated. Jonathan Marcheseau and his incredible goal run with nine. And they've all come after not scoring in the first seven games. And then I'll go Mark Stone. Emotional guy. And remember, this is somebody from this group. And my final one is Chandler Stevenson, who's, who's also produced. Uh, well, I thought you were going to well. name three. You, you no, named five. I, I, said, I said you could do three, okay. but I'll let you All do right. more. Right. So I went five. All right. So Eichel, Carlson, Marcheseau, Stone, and Stevenson. It's wide open. Whoever has the best final out of those five will win it. Yeah. If, if it's a saw yep. off. Jack Eichel's going to take it. Now, can you in his see... first playoff, Jack Eichel with the national attention uh, and the focus on on Eichel coming over and what uh, what he's been able to do in his uh, debut performance, he's get, he's going to win it. Somebody's going to have to take it from him. Uh, but if it's all even, Eichel's going to take it. Any scenario where the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup and the nonsense of no. a player, good. No. Yeah, you're no, no, talking no, no. about it, the the it, player from the losing side. I hate that. Yeah. Well, no. There's, sometimes. Like, no. 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 If you don't win, you no, shouldn't get the cons. I, I don't mind it on on occasions. I'm still where bitter about J.S. Jaguar, by the way. Yeah, oh, I can on, understand that. But on. 1987, Ron Hexall. Like, there's there's moments where it does fit. Uh, Reggie Leach in the mid 70s was was set a record for goals scored in the playoffs. I get it. Well, that's different, though. But I, I don't. I don't think in this situation, if if the Golden Knights are are the victorious team, and you've got that that Jack Eichel bit right there yeah. dangling in front of you, there's no way you overthink the situation and go in a different direction, especially on the Florida Panthers. Unless something crazy happens, and I'll always <laughs> leave the door open a crack for yeah. something crazy to happen. With all all the emphasis that we've heard John Shannon talk about on a Stanley Cup final, so, so, so if somebody goes off yeah. in the final, could you be on a losing uh, side and still win it? There's that possibility. But if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, it's between the the, the five forwards that I talked about. Is there like I don't I don't disagree with your your idea that it's essentially Jack Eichel's to lose. Like I don't I didn't have him as my front runner, but I think when you when you factor in the the narrative of of Jack going into the postseason and you factor in what he's been able to do, yeah. I think from a national perspective, he is the guy leading the charge. What would a, what would a William Carlson have to do in the final? He'd have to outperform Jack Eichel. Yeah. I think if, if if the Western Conference final repeated itself. William Carlson would win it. Yeah, that that's but, that's the simple fact of it. And, but and if he doesn't, then then Eichel takes it. Or the same way, Marcheseau outperforms yeah. everybody. And steps up. Chandler Stevenson don't do not. He's the sleeper pick in this. And Mark Stone also gets a a, a lot of attention, but is considered to be outside the the favorite pack. Those guys don't have to do much 
to catch up and put themselves in a, in a real uh, close race. You know who's a big fan of Chandler Stevenson? I, I jumped on the Zoom call with, with the TNT crew today. Anson Carter, big hmm. Chandler Stevenson guy, said he's the X Factor in the series. I don't think that Stone or Stevenson have to do much to just kind of catapult themselves into that conversation. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this might be one of those series that we, we look at for William Carlson and we, we marvel at how effective he was, but it's more in line with what he was able to do against the Edmonton Oilers where it wasn't so much the production, it was taking away the best options from the opposition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but remember, not everybody saw that series. No, I agree with the you. The emphasis I is going to be on putting up points I, in, I, in, in this Stanley Cup final. I'm trying to will the storylines into existence for William Carlson. I, I don't think that this is going to be a series where we, we leave it thinking that William Carlson had the, the massive impact that he had in Dallas, even though he will have a massive impact on the series. Uh, well, let's take a break. We'll come back with one-timers, and we'll also bring you Bruce Cassidy's media availability today. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One -timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. A couple of introductions today. Spencer Carberry uh, introduced as the new coach of the Washington Capitals. And Brad Treliving spoke as the new general manager in charge of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then there was the situation in Pittsburgh when Kyle Dubas was introduced as the president of hockey operations for the Penguins. Mm -hmm. He goes from Toronto as the GM, yeah. gets a promotion out of it with the Pittsburgh Penguins as the president of hockey operations. Uh, a strange one. I mean, that's what winning a playoff round will do. A strange one. <laughs> After he said, eh, I'm not here. Well, I he won't be said anywhere. That was when he had the, the power to make the decision. And then when you get, yeah. you know, relieved of your duties, I think the things that you say when you are thinking about coming back to that organization aren't going to be holding much weight anymore. I am confused by that turn of events well, and those statements. To return to Toronto, and then that was taken out of his yeah. Place. So now you and I disagree like, oh, on I'd that. Like to, I'd like. To. I think based on some of the intel that I got, there is uh, a wanting to return. Sure. Under all of my circumstances. Well, I I think that you know eventually you want to continue to move in the right direction hmm. forward. Interesting. I'm, uh, uh, as I said yesterday, big fan of Brad Trilliving. Uh, let's get to some of the sound from Bruce Cassidy today, his media availability, as the Golden Knights return to practice in front of a packed crowd at City National Arena. Those practice in the regular season, right, to, to keep secrets or just to eliminate distractions. We're two days before the final. It's open, right, and there's music outside, and there's pizza, and there's kids. There's pizza? Yeah. Like, why Why is that important? Why did you do it? Were you tempted to not? All right, because it's the final. No, no, I, I go along with uh, how they want to market the team here, and I think, you know, I don't want to speak for Bill Foley, but the brand here is, is, the branding that's been done here to me is unbelievable. It's everywhere. So for me, we don't have a lot of secrets. There's obviously regulations, you know, I think you have to follow, especially at this time of the year, but our practice have been open all year. There's some stuff they close early on, and that's obvious for if there's certain guys skating out there that are, you know, probably injured guys, right? So, but at the end of the day, um, they've been here all year supporting us, not in this many numbers, obviously, but school's out as well. So good to see them out there. Um, I think it's great. 
I don't know every uh, arena's philosophy. I know coming from Boston, we had a new facility opened up, so I know they let fans in on certain days, and I thought it was the right call, to be honest with you, and I'm glad they do it here. Bruce, Guillaume uh, Lepage, LNH.com. Uh, I know you have a bit of a French background. Uh, what stands out to you about the relationship between Carrier, Roy, and uh, Marcheseau? Yeah, I, I think, th you know, the, the Quebec guys are always tight. It's just the way it is because I think, you know, the, it starts with the language. There's a lot of young guys that come up and, and they feel comfortable, no different than if a European player comes over. And so I think they naturally gravitate towards one another. They probably train to a certain extent at home in the summer. Um, so they're tight, close-knit guys. I, uh, there was a game this year, I put them out together for once, just to, you know, what the hell, let's, let's give them a shot out there. And I think it was just by dumb luck, but I always wondered if it would stick, right? Because there's uh, the right winger, center, left wing for us. But at the end of the day, Nick plays with Will, so he's got uh, one of his buddies on his side. But um, I think it's great. I, I speak a little French, so they can't fool me if they're talking about me, how much I know. And I told them that early on. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Mark Anderson, AP. Um, Jack obviously was having a great postseason. He didn't have a goal in the last series, but just the way he contributes in so many different ways, not just beyond putting the puck in the neck. How valuable is that to have a player that, that versatile? Well, I think all our centermen, you know, you know, Nick is a little more forecheck oriented guy, but the other three all fall into that category. They're, they're dominant players, 200-foot players. Will Carlson's hot right now, but they've all scored. And they all can, um, but they don't have to for us to be good. Uh, they check well. They take face-offs. Special teams guys. Um, you know, it allows us to balance our lines. Is what it does. And I think it's one of the biggest reasons why we're here right now. Is we can do that. Um, we have a good mindset that we can maybe check one of the other team's top lines and then come back with guys that have the ability to create offense and maybe have a competitive advantage in that area. We'll see how it plays out against Florida. But um, you know, speaking with Jack, I. I think he was very good in the Dallas series, had a lot of good looks, hit a post or two, had some chances to score, made plays, big play in game two to make a play to Marcia so to get us into overtime. So he's still making plays all over the ice, just didn't finish. Steve Karp with the Sporting Tribune. How much of a role has the tenor of your dressing room played in this team's success? They seem to get along well. They're welcoming to the new players who yeah. came along during the season. They respect and like playing for you. From your perspective, how much of an importance has it been? Well, I don't think you win very often without it. I think there's times over the years, I'm sure there was guys that didn't get along, but they were just very talented and they found a way. In today's game, I don't see as much of that. Usually it's the first thing you hear. We like coming to the rink. We like each other. We like each other's companies. Um, so for us, I think it's, it's huge. And I bet Florida says the same thing. Um, That's just a, the, today's game. I think the players always play better when they're comfortable with one another. Um, and it's certainly in there. Uh, I've noticed it since I walked in the room. Uh, when you first get here, you're trying to build relationships with a lot of different people. And obviously the players are, you know, if not the most important. And you watch them at, you know, at dinners on the road, you know, whatever, pregame meals. And they're, it's never... You know, one guy, you know, two guys always, you know, it's whoever's there. They just sit down and whatever seat's available. That tells you something right there. So, um, glad we have it. Uh, Ed Graney, Review Journal. On top of that, I talked a lot of them about the formation of trust, you trusting them. Was there a point in the season, you know, four lines, not chasing matchups, that you trusted them as a first-year coach for them more so than not? 
Well, we tried to build it in from day one. I think I was very clear that we wanted a fourth line that would have value, that could check the other team's top players, uh, start games for us, and I think we stuck with that. You know, pretty much all year, we, and it happened to be Carrier was a big part of that, Colasar, Nick Waugh, and now we had to move some people around. Teddy Bluger comes in, he's part of that, how we went down there. Um, and I think it's a big, big reason for our success. They're hard to play against. So, so they give us that initial work ethic, like, hey, you know, this is what you're going through tonight. This is what you're going to have to deal with. And I think they've been excellent for us. They had physicality, uh, great teammates, don't get a lot of probably credit that they deserve. But, uh, and if you watch, you know, game six, you can see where that trust both ways happened, right? They knew that, you know, they were going to be relied on. and. Game five, I thought Dallas's bottom lineup did a great job, and we responded well. That's the other thing they'll do is they, they accept challenges. So um, been real good for us, and that was a conscious effort from day one to do that, to be a four-line hockey team. So I think that's how you arrive here, like I said, unless you've got maybe the top-end talent in the league. But we beat a team with some real top-end talent, so maybe there's an argument you know, for how we did it. Um, but I've trusted them all year. We, we went, you know, there's going to be some matchup situations. It could be against Florida here where we... We looked to overload a checking line. We, we felt we had to do a little bit with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, you know, so we got a little bit in that route and then got away from it. So whatever's best for the team. But I can't say enough about those guys. And we always thought where I came from in Boston, I always felt we had a real strong fourth line, too, that helped build our identity. So that's just something I believe in. Uh, hey, Bruce. Uh, Alan Snow with LBSportsBiz.com. Since you brought up the topic of the Golden Knights brand and the kind of atmosphere there that's in the you know in the practice arena. I was just kind of curious, in terms of the league-wide effort to try to broaden the brand and uh, reach other demographic groups. I was kind of curious about your own opinions about what the league could do to get the message out and um, and just make the league brand resonate with people who may have not watched the game or attend games or you know see it on TV. How the league could do it better? Oh boy, I'll probably get myself in trouble here, but. Um, some of it's driven by TV, and a good example is that was our clinching game against Edmonton, right? Comes on at 10 o'clock, you know what I mean? It, so it's great for here, but maybe the East missed some good hockey and watching good players like Jack Eichel play against McDavid and the rest of it. So some of that is just driven by, you know, those contracts. They, okay. Yeah, you know, exposure, that, usually exposure is the thing that gives you the most, the most, hey, you want eyeballs, right? And, and uh, so I know they're trying to get as many games out there as possible on TV, but I'm probably not the best guy to speak on, you know, what the league should or shouldn't do. I know the games and it seems to be in a good, good place financially. Um, you're always going to have a few teams that um, might lag a little bit behind or trying to catch up and you've got the established franchise that have a leg up because of them. And I look at the last two that come in Vegas and Seattle and they seem to be doing really, really well, really healthy. So that's, that's the good news, right? So the game's still growing and, and there's, and there's markets out there for new teams and where that goes from here, I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day that I guess, I don't know if that I, I'm helping answer your question, but like I said, that the more exposure there is throughout the country and there's pockets of areas that probably are still untapped. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where they'd be, but who knew on Vegas necessarily either, right? Or in Arizona, you know, so there's, those are the things you got to sort of um, dig around and find out. And I'm sure they're doing their due diligence if they feel there's another market out there and we'll see what happens in that regard. <clears throat> ben Goetz, Las Vegas Regional. Bruce, I mean, as someone who's been inside and outside the organization, what's kind of your perspective on this team's success? Two semifinal runs, now two trips to the Stanley Cup final. Well, they, I think they got up and running in the... Um, 
obviously George and Kelly did a you know fantastic job with the you know the original draft. They they made some deals where they were able to get draft capital and established players, um, and they used that to their advantage. Good for them. And so they you know they started with a real solid foundation. You know, then the first year team, you know, from Gerard to the players, they just established a, a work ethic team, and and it worked. And and so that from day one, you know, you have an owner that has expectations and puts the necessary resources into you know to meet those expectations. So, um, you know, that that those things sum it up right there. And then all of a sudden, you have a fan base that's supporting their team every day, in in a, a beautiful building environment that people want to come and see the team. And so. I mean, those are some pretty good things to start with. And from there, uh, a lot of good players came through here. And uh, there's a lot still in that dressing room. And that's usually what drives it, right? You need to have good players. They just happen to get them right away. Bruce Cassidy uh, with his media availability. And thanks again to Bruce for joining me on the Trip Podcast uh, yesterday. Uh, been very well received. Lots of fun with him. Um, not as many X and O questions uh, between Bruce and I uh, that's available for download. But uh, one thing has been missing this week there hasn't been a lot about florida to bruce the odd question mm-hmm. but not as much as i would anticipate considering it's against a conference uh, non-conference opponent i part of me feels like that's coming right like not necessarily ahead well, of there's game only one. one more day no 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 not ahead of game one after i think that you know bruce has been pretty open and honest right about how you don't really know what what you're going to see or how it's going to feel until after you've experienced it in that first game. So I would make the argument that I think the questions about Florida, what they do, how well they play, what aspects of this series might be exploitable, I think that comes after game one. I think it's, there's more of a mystery in this series going into game number one than the others. And I just expected... A narrative that would include the opposition more going into a final than before. But uh, I'm not asking questions, so I, I can't. I had my own conversation uh, with Bruce, so uh, listen to that one, and we'll see how far uh, down we get uh, to to that display. Uh, when you are evaluating game number one, and we've got media availability tomorrow, and we've got lots of uh, reaction, uh, we've already mapped out our approach. We're going to be in the broadcast booth at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, There's going to be uh, some heavy emphasis on depth in this series for the Vegas Golden Knights. If you, we talked about Con Smythe. Now let's talk about the player that steals the spotlight that wasn't involved in one of your selections for playoff MVP. Well, I I didn't have Mark Stone in my playoff MVP list. I, I had Carlson, Marcia, so Eichel, and Hill. So I'm going to go Mark Stone. I think that you've got an opportunity. You're the captain. We, we know how much this run means to Mark and what he's been through this year. I think Mark Stone steals the show in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I was looking for something a little less obvious than that, but uh, but I'll take it because you're right. You, you didn't mention it. Chapman? I'll go with William Carrier. Two yeah. goals in the yeah. last series. Both by backhand, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Great goals. He he kind of jump-started the team. That line jump-started the team in, in game six. He's a guy, 16 goals, career high in the regular season. Seems like he's starting to get his game. A lot of analysts thinking that maybe the fourth line could play a role in this series. So 
out of the blue, if William Carl or if William Carrier has a great series, I'm going to throw his name in there. I'll go Brett Howden, but I love the Carrier selection. I'll go down to, to Brett Howden as a player that can just grab it and let's go and and carry the team and uh, maybe put himself into that uh, that selection process for playoff MVP. When we continue, it's catching up with Chapman, one timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So we've been talking a bit about the Conn Smythe Trophy here in this last few minutes, or I guess the second hour of the show. Some statistics about the Conn Smythe Trophy. The position that has won it the most is center with 19. Patrick Waugh, the only three-time winner of the Conn Smythe Trophy and the only player to win it with more than one team. Now, multiple players have won it in consecutive years. Funny, they all played in the state of Pennsylvania. Bernie Perrant was the first two-time or consecutive winner. Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby. Two of the last three have been won by defensemen, Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr. And I like this one. When the Islanders went on their run from 80 to 83, they had four Amazing. different winners. Brian four different Trottier, winners. Yeah. Trottier, Butch Goring, Mike Bossy, who I love, and Billy Smith, the goalie. So uh, three Swedes have won it. So if William Carlson wins it, he'll become the fourth Swedish-born player to win the Conn Smythe Trophy, joining Nick Lidstrom, Henrik Zetterberg, and the aforementioned Victor Hedman. Good company. Very good company. Claude Lemieux won a Conn Smythe. He did, too. One with the Devils, but he did not win it with the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. That was Patrick Waugh who won it in 2001 with the Avs and He won four Stanley Cups. Joe Sackick in 96. I thought 96. he might have won a, uh, a couple of Conn Smythes. 95 with the Devils. 96 was Joe Sackick. Now he's a great agent. In the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. A hey, uh, couple of things uh, before we go. I talked to Bruce Cassidy, mentioned that uh, for the Trip podcast. We were sitting around in one of the rooms over at City National Arena, and there's a big whiteboard on the on the board, and we were talking about the the writing and all the notes that were on the wall. And I said, can you, can you just still write cursive? Because we were talking about the neatness of the writing. And, because I can't uh, anymore. It, I've, I've lost that ability beyond my name. And he went, I don't know. He went up, and he wrote the bonjour on the board, a bit of its French background. And it was... It was incredibly neat. It was like borderline perfect. That doesn't I had some real me. jealousy there because there's <laughs> no way uh, I could uh, I could do something. I've lost all ability. Can you guys still do cursive? I think a little bit. No, you I, think? See, I, you I, don't I, know. I don't. I, I, I haven't I know, written it. I know I can't. I don't yeah, even. I, I don't can't. even write checks, so I don't even sign my name very much anymore. Not only not only can I not write cursive, my handwriting in terms of my signature is terrible. Mine's it's never always the different. Same. Yeah. It's never the same. I would be terrible if people asked me for autographs because the people who determine if they're authentic or not would be like, oh, that's same. not the same. Like, that's not that's not Chris Chapman. Yep. Have you ever been asked for an autograph? Yes, I have. Once. It was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. Did you spell it right? <laughs> yeah, but it was weird. <laughs> like, what? Why? <laughs> First time I got asked for an autograph, I was 10 years old. Really? Yep. First time. Wow. When you were uh, the curling champion no, was, of uh, uh, Brandon Manitoba. Player. Some little kid just uh, <laughs> saw me as a, as a hockey player and said, can I have your autograph? Ten years old. True story. Uh, we have 
a porta sub two-foot sub to give away, and we'll qualify you to win a couple of tickets to Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final. Be calling number 9 to 702-876-1340 right now. 702-876-1340. Food right out of the gate with Porter Subs, your neighborhood family uh, uh, sandwich shop, and we'll also qualify for a couple of tickets to Game Number 2.